Researchers can come to one place instead of having to go to two to accomplish the common goal. We're always evolving, always adding, always changing. Welcome to Insider, the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Our topic, the Rutherford County Library System and Rutherford County Archives Partnership with archivist John Lodel and Director of Libraries, Rita Shacklett. John and Rita, thanks a lot for joining us on the Insider. Thank you for asking us. Yeah, of course. Interesting topic, especially for someone like myself who enjoys uh, looking at history and, and studied history. And so uh, there are so many people out there that, that want to learn more and more about what's out there in their local history or even beyond. Um, why did you begin a partnership to, to assist each other or to further the process that you were already involved in? Uh, about 13 years ago, uh, Rita and the library system approached uh, myself at the, at the county archives um, with, with this idea, you know, because we had been doing, in essence, uh, some of the same functions uh, for, for many years. Um, and that function being that the history room of Lawn Ball Library and the Rutherford County Archives serves a same common goal to preserve and make available uh, historical research sources for at the county archives for people that have are from Rutherford County or have roots in Rutherford County going way back to when the county formed in 1804 and on the library side their collections uh, amass not only Rutherford County history but you know the, kind of the southeast um, um, places like Virginia North Carolina South Carolina books and histories about those places because that's where our founding mothers and fathers came from you know over Appalachia into into Middle Tennessee so we had for years and years had been sending patrons back and forth. They would go to the library to look at microfilm, census records, military records on microfilm, and the books, of course, uh, bound volumes of family histories is one, only one example. Um, and then the library folks uh, would send those patrons over to the county archives and see the original records. Maybe they need a 1804 marriage certificate or a will from the late 1800s, something of that capacity. Um, so like I said, we were serving the same constituents but with two physical locations that at this point were, you know, four or five blocks away from each other. Was there anything in particular that intrigued you about this partnership? Well, I mean, obviously getting more space for the library was important for us, but being able to provide citizens in the community that one-stop kind of shopping idea that you, we didn't have to keep sending people to each other's places and and that collaborative effort between the county and the and and the library system was important as well so one-stop shopping how is that working out now well we just got started what about uh, a little less than a little under two months ago um, but this concept that uh, patrons uh, or, or citizens of the, of the community uh, are visiting uh, folks, researchers, can come to one place instead of having to go to two to accomplish the common goal. And that common goal is to find our local historical research sources, um, not all of them, of course, but a lot of them, um, say in the books, uh, things available on microfilm, as well as the original county records in one place. Well, perhaps we should also, for the viewers and the listeners, uh, give a little bit of background on both of your organizations. We'll start with you, Rita, with the library. Uh, give us, you know, who you are, brief history, who you serve. 
The Rutherford County Library System actually started in the courthouse uh, officially um, as a small library, mainly for Rutherford County teachers. Uh, a Katie Payton uh, ran that library, and in 1947, uh, the city and the county got together and said, you know what, we really need to have a good public library. And so uh, we had a gentleman named Henry Lineball, who was from Murfreesboro, moved to Florida, uh, ended up being a wealthy um, realtor uh, in Florida, kept up with the local news here, um, gave $5,000, and so they hired uh, Myla Parsons, Myla Taylor Parsons, in September of 1947 to be the first librarian uh, for Lineball Library. It was named in honor of uh, or in memory of Henry's mother, Maddie V. Lineball. Obviously, we don't go with Maddie V. Lineball Public Library, so, um, but it was located in the Hale home on Central Magnets campus, which used to be the Tennessee College for uh, Women and it was the president's home. Um, and so they opened April 1st of 1948. Um, in the 1960s, we added a Smyrna branch. Um, Milo worked for us until 1962. Um, and when we added Smyrna, it became the Lineball Library System. Uh, and in 2004, we added uh, MGL Library. In 2005, we added the Eagleville branch uh, we have since added the Technology Engagement Center on Hobgood's campus. Uh, that was about four years ago. Um, now we have the Historical Research Center, which is located inside the archives. Um, and so uh, we have tried to expand and offer all kinds of um, services to the community. Uh, and each of those branches do different things. Um, and Myla actually started that shelf, that one little shelf with Tennessee authors, Rutherford County authors and history because she felt that was important. And this was back in the 50s. Um, and it since grew to be the Tennessee room when we were at the old post office, which is now Center for the Arts. And then when we moved in uh, June of 1992 to where Lineball Library is now, we called it the Historical Research Room. And now we have moved that out um, to the archives. So, you know, we're always evolving, always adding, always changing. And we changed our name to the Rutherford County Library System in 2017 because that better reflected, you know, that we serve the county. And, John, what about the archives? Um, the concept of the Rutherford County Archives started in the early, very early 1980s, about 81 or 82. Um, I won't name any names because there's so many important people over the legacy of the archives history that I want to forget anybody important. But in essence, some uh, local citizens working with county government officials and some NTSU professors um, saw a need that the county government records, the oldest records of the county, weren't being the best well cared for because of the nature of trying to keep up with all the contemporary records. And, you know, in essence, what typically happens even at your house, the older stuff gets pushed into the attic or basement and the newer stuff is right there at your fingertips, right? And um, so uh, with this idea that the county needed to start taking uh, better care of the records, um, the county government allotted uh, a small closet uh, literally in the historic courthouse, um, that closet evolved to bigger spaces over the, the next few years uh, until 1997 is a monumental year because that was the year that Rutherford County government um, 
did some restoration work on the historic courthouse. Uh, the courthouse hadn't been touched in, very, in, in several decades in terms of preservation standards, and so they did a lot of work to, to revitalize the courthouse um, uh, and move some things around uh, and do some painting in that, in that nature. And at that point, in 1997, they allocated three rooms on the third floor of the courthouse. Uh, that was also the year that the county teamed up with Middle Tennessee State University, uh, who provides two graduate assistants from the history program uh, to help quote-unquote staff the archives. Um, in 2006, the county realized that the archives uh, was serving a, a good function for county government, but needed more space. Also needed some official staffing. So uh, they allocated $1.2 million to build the building that we're in today uh, over at 435 Rice Street, and I was hired as the director. So the building and I came together 15 years ago this past August. Um, our main goal is, or job, is to keep all the permanent records of county government, and that's uh, instituted or told to us by state and federal law, what needs to be kept, what doesn't have to be kept. Um, but luckily, we never had, we had a couple major courthouse fires back in the 1800s, but the records didn't burn. Whether they threw them out the window or they were being stored off site, we don't know, but we do have all, most of our paper records back to 1804, the marriages and the wills. Which is remarkable birth. because in a lot of places, fire is what right. destroyed a lot of those records. Exact fire, tornadoes, natural causes, whatever. And we've been very blessed in this county that we have our original records. Um, so in the 2006 building, as I call it now, um, we've been able to preserve those records as well as work to uh, make backup copies. They, you know, a lot of those records are digitized. They are put on microfilm for preservation backup, security, et cetera. Um, in the past two years, under the administration of uh, County Mayor Bill Ketron, we've been able to physically expand the building. So we went from a 10,000 square foot building to now we're 20,000 square feet with a brand new addition that just opened. And the new addition allows us the space to really uh, further streamline records management as well as the archiving aspect um, out of the county archives. We are an office division of county government, one of the 20 some odd of county government and we work with almost every office uh, with their records management and obviously archiving. Uh, so the new addition, we're able to hire a full-time records manager to, to help this process and we work with the courts and the county clerk's office and all, most of the other offices on a daily basis to make sure that we're properly managing, uh, the office is doing a great job of managing records, but properly getting out of the office as quickly as possible when it becomes an aspect of archiving the older, older records. We're mostly talking about history here when we're talking about the library and the archives, although I know the library does many mo modern things and provides technology. What are some of the more noteworthy uh, historical either documents, materials, print or digital that both of you have? Well, we have a lot of uh, family history. Some are just typed up and in little folders that they have given us. We've uh, tried to um, get many of the church histories because we have a lot of older churches in our community. Um, we have a lot of yearbooks uh, from MTSU, from Central, what used to be Central High School, Riverdale, Oakland, uh, Siegel, Blackman, um, Eagleville. Uh, we have census records, we have pension records, we have passenger lists, cemetery records, microfilm of newspapers, we have databases with Ancestry.com and 
uh, many other things like that. One of the nice things that I think we brought to the table was we have an 1890, is it 1892 map that's framed that came out of the courthouse um, and it shows landowners uh, in Rutherford County and John had a laminated copy on his wall but we had one of the, I think there's only two original copies left I believe and we have one of those that was given to us by a man that had it in his office. Would and that be one of the older maps that mm -hmm. you have? Probably. Yes, uh, it's the 1878, what's called the DG Beers map, that being the yeah. company of the, the map maker. Um, but yeah, it's one of the oldest uh, maps you can find of the county. And it, it's phenomenal that the library had an original copy because originals are very rare. You can find them all day long on the internet, digitized copies, but this is actually an original frame copy. So it's, it, it in itself is an important artifact. Yeah, and we had we had photographs and things too that, that we sent over as well. Well, other than that map, uh, what are some of the things at the archives that someone could go and research or see that maybe they, they don't know about right now? So just to kind of reiterate what I said before, you know, we have all the original records back to 1804 of Rutherford County um, at the archives. So what that means for our local historians, researchers, students, uh, genealogists that visit out of town or locals, um, is when they come to the county archives, they're not looking on a screen at microfilm or ancestry.com or something like that. We bring out the original records. Um, we can make copies of them, we can digitize them, scan them, whatever means to uh, make them a copy of it. Um, so it's exciting to come to the county archives for that capacity um, to actually, sometimes not literally, but almost literally get your hands on the original documents. Um, but we also, uh, you know, the, the archival record is a treasure trove. Um, we have all the court records of Chancery Court, for example, back to 1845, Circuit and Criminal Court almost back the same length. And um, so those are a wealth of genealogical information as well as sometimes legal uh, information. Um, we have property tax records back to the 1870s. Um, so um, obviously we get a lot of historians, genealogists, but sometimes it's a, it's a legal matter. We've had people that had to trace uh, their ownership of a piece of property back to the 1800s because no deed could be found. And they could trace that because they paid property, their family paid property taxes on it. And we've done that numerous times in court proceedings. Um, so um, when uh, campus school, the Homer Pittard campus school needed to be restored several years ago. Um, the county and MTSU couldn't remember the original agreement who actually had to pay for the physical restoration on the outside <laughs> of the building. Yeah. We had to go back to the uh, late 1920s, circa 1930 uh, records to see who was in charge of what or who was responsible for what. I won't give the answer on air, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, we've, we've done that. Uh, the county archives, we've also worked, uh, my students, my staff now over the years have worked with all the the other historical organizations and entities in, in the county on research collaboratives, usually leading to exhibits. So for example, we work with Oakland's Historic House Museum or the Sam Davis Home or Discovery Center where they want to do an, an, an exhibit on a specific, specific topic. Um, then we can come to the archives, do research through the records to give them the story that they will then take and, and run with. So some people think of archives and libraries as these, you know, places where there's a lot of books and materials and to, it might not be that exciting to them, but you all do initiatives that are outside of the walls of your buildings that help within the community. Let's talk about that. Uh, yeah, that, that's a good point. People think that archives and libraries are uh, 
um, I don't know, shelves of old stuff, <laughs> to put it, like, you know, dusty old stuff, excuse me, to put it quite simple. But, you know, I think uh, what we're able to do in these, uh, within these walls is to make history come back alive. And sometimes we have the privilege of taking that history outside of the walls, as you just said. Uh, for, exa for example, specific to the county archives, in 2010, we had an initiative, a grant-funded project, to digitize a historic property survey of this county. Um, it's a long story. The survey was actually originally done in 1980 uh, by uh, what is now NTSU Center for Historic Preservation. Um, as a project for the state where students went out and, and documented the over 4,000 historic structures in this county. What we were able to do in 2010 under a grant-funded project was to take that information from 1980 and digitize it. So you can now get on the Rutherford County Archives website, look at the historic property survey, and look at all that original information from 1980 that documents buildings from the early 1900s well back to 1804, uh, those that are still extant or standing in this county with photographs and historic property survey forms uh, for those entities, and, and just to see where they are on a map, a contemporary map of the county. Another interesting project that we've gotten into in recent years is the Historic Cemetery Survey. Uh, now, the original survey was of all the little family cemeteries in this county was performed in the late 1960s and early 1970s by members of the Rutherford County Historical Society. Um, but what we were able to do in recent years uh, through the archives with, with community partners, including Bradley Academy Museum, as well as MTSU Center for Historic Preservation, was to go back out, find those cemeteries, and to plot them on a digital map. So once again, you can go to the Rutherford County Archives website and look at our historic cemetery project map and see where all these cemeteries are and find out some information on them. And some new ones are always being discovered because they've been, there's been two or three in the news lately where a development is ongoing and they discover something or a family moves from somewhere up north and they discover that there's a cemetery, a family cemetery in their backyard. Exactly, you know, in 2021, you would think we knew where every one of our historic cemeteries are and we're still discovering, um, you know, one or two uh, every so often, every so often being one or two or three new ones a year. Um, and that's usually because they're older, forgotten cemeteries that may be overgrown on an old farm that is now becoming a subdivision or whatever, and developers stumble across them. Or like you said, a family's doing research and trying to tra trace backwards, and they stumble upon it, so to speak. Um, so we have documented over 800 cemeteries in this county, believe it or not. Um, but yes, we're always finding, uh, you know, one or two more. Now, this kind of thing, Rita, takes... Um a lot of labor right. <laughs> you know, to do the work of, of digitizing, for example, materials, but it also takes specialized knowledge. A lot of people don't realize what kind of knowledge you have to have to, to be a librarian or an archivist. It does, and <clears throat> Lisa Ramsey is the staff person that we sent over to manage this collection in the archives. And Lisa has a background in history and research and as her work in, in the library. Uh, she understands how to find those things and you know she's a researcher herself so being able to know where to even start because um, oftentimes that's people walk in and go I don't I want to do this but I don't I don't even know where to start and so she's able to do that in the genealogy group that we have that used to meet at the library now meets at the archives and they're really good about working with beginners um, to help them get started. And so having that background and, and knowing where to start uh, is often the, the biggest stumbling block for anybody. John, when the research room was moved over to archives, and I assume it's all 
distributed now because the thought was originally that maybe you would put it in one place like it was before, but that wasn't how the process evolved. Exactly. When when we started this discussion between the library and the archives, uh, literally 13 years ago, um, the, the idea from day one is we would um, almost literally pick up the research room in essence and drop it into our into our research room uh, up our you know where the patrons can sit up front. The problem was that their research room, uh, all the you know the. 11,000 rolls of microfilm and the, and the 5,000 books, which they had all together in one room, would not physically fit our, our space that was allotted for the research room. Um, and so with, the, with the, uh, the new addition that came to the archives over the past two years, we were able to uh, take some space and build a microfilm vault. We were able to take some space and allocate it for um, collections in various capacities. So a conversation that Rita had and I had earlier this year is, wait a minute, we don't have to keep everything together in one room like y'all do at Limeball. I said, we have a microfilm vault. All the microfilm can go into the vault at the back of the building, and as a patron needs a certain role or a certain item, then the librarian can go pull it, much like you would at Nashville Public Library or the State Library and Archives in Nashville. And so this kind of reinvented the conversation and made the dream a reality. Um, we were able to keep all of the, uh, as Rita calls them, the Rutherford County titles. So all the books that deal with Rutherford County and Murfreesboro local history, we have those up front with the patrons in the research room. All, all the other books are in the back, what we would call special collections now. So uh, for example, when you go to MTSU library and go to the fourth floor, their special collections, you look up the book on computer, you tell the librarian sitting at the front desk what book you need, and they'll go to the back and pull it for you. So same concept at the Rutherford County uh, Archives and, and research, Historical Research Room now is that you can look up the book up front, tell Lisa Ramsey which book you need. If it's not one of the Rutherford County titles, then she'll go to the back and pull it for you. If you need microfilm, she'll go to the back and pull it for you. How long did this process of relocating and then cataloging take? I mean, the actual, I know it's been a process that you've been building up since 2008, but, but the actual physical process. How long did y'all close down? Uh, a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah. So, um, so I know Carol uh, Gaddis, who's our branch librarian at Limeball, she and Lisa um, boxed up everything and labeled. Themselves. Yes. Yeah. And then between our staff and some of John's staff, we just put them in vans and trucks, and we have a transit vehicle for our system. And so we were able to just load these things up. And we took furniture and shelving over, too. Is that process still ongoing on your side, or is it finished? We got finished in about three weeks. Yeah. So wow. it, was, it was kind of a... That's remarkable. Yes, it was quite, a, quite remarkable, yes. But uh, like, like Rita's uh, uh, kind of downplaying it, her, her staff was remarkable to box up. 5,000 books and then in a some, way that you could make sure you found it and it was in oh, the yeah. proper exactly, place. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, my staff was able to do, to help with the physical labor and get those back over to the archives. And then uh, Rita, Rita herself, as long, along with her staff, were able to unbox the books and get them on the shelf in the right order. Um, of course, you and, had to clear off shelves too. So. And, and did a phenomenal <laughs> job. So Now, did you already have an open house for this or is there going to be an open house? We have not had an open house yet, uh, but we should be having one in the near future. Uh, no date has set yet. And what will that be like? I mean, what are you what are you hoping to achieve with that? 
we literally want to open the doors um, so uh, all of our patrons and com community members can come in and, and see what this new initiative looks like. We've already had lots of visitors, uh, people that used to visit the Longball Library Research Room uh, on, a, on a weekly, regular basis are now finding their way over to the county archives um, and realizing that it pretty much looks the same. They can still find the same books that they were looking at before and, and get on the computer and use the same resources. So there was always that skepticism of, oh my gosh, we don't like change, you're moving our research room to another building, but now they're realizing that it's the same resources at a different location that's actually more convenient. Um, we have uh, parking right outside the building and lots of it. Uh, they don't have to park in a parking garage and go up the elevator. Um, no offense to that, <laughs> but it's even closer than that. Um, and then uh, once again, if they have Rutherford County roots, then they can look in the books and microfilm as they had before and then turn around and ask one of the, lo the archive staff uh, about the original uh, Rutherford County records. So Rita, what does this relocation now do for Lineball? We were able to turn that room, which is about 1,500, 1,600 square feet, into a conference room that can be booked and used. We use it for our board meetings um, and various library functions, but it also uh, can be booked when groups want to use it. So Lineball really didn't have meeting space, and so they've been able to uh, spread out a little bit and be able to offer that meeting space, which is really top priority for a lot of people now. So we should talk uh, as we close here about some of the initiatives you have now ongoing uh, either within your facilities or outside. And one of them, John, that I wanted to talk about briefly so people know is a project that's going on, on the, at the courthouse in terms of creating a museum. You're involved in that. Exactly. So, um, yes, it's a ex very exciting initiative. Uh, we have not uh, sent out any press releases yet because we kind of want it to be done before we, we open it up. But let's go ahead and tell everybody that uh, Mayor Ketrin, County Mayor Ketrin, has started an initiative to uh, install historic museum exhibits into the historic courthouse, how appropriate, on, you know, in, on the square. And so what that entails is we've been able to reallocate five rooms. That's half of the first floor of the historic courthouse. And we are reinventing those as museum space for the city and county. Um, and we are working, it's, it's a partnership. Um, Mayor Ketrin reached out to our state historian, uh, Dr. Carol Van West, who is also a professor of historic preservation as well as director of the MTSU Center for Historic Preservation. So who best to lead this right. initiative? And with some of his uh, students and staff, uh, along with myself and a few others, um, we have been uh, researching, designing, and are getting ready. We're actually currently installing uh, those uh, uh, entities, these exhibits and interpretive um, ideas into this space. There's going to be a lot of community partnerships there. Again, I don't want to name everybody, but uh, uh, obviously our local museums, our local DAR chapters, um, Bradley Academy, um, uh, all of us are working together on this initiative to make sure we want to make sure we tell a full and complete story of, of this city, this county, all the cities in the county. Um, from, from you know, our earliest days to almost the present. Um, so it'll be a museum uh, that will be opening in the next about six weeks. We hope to have it open uh, right before Thanksgiving. There will be press releases to that regard. We will be having an open house uh, the week right before Thanksgiving. 
Um, so keep keep your eyes to the news for that. That's exciting. That is very yeah. exciting, and uh, we hope it's a it's a living museum. So we will open with some some certain artifacts and some uh, certain interpretive stories. But we want th that museum to keep moving, to keep changing over time as people bring us their stories and their items that they want to share. And Rita, what about the initiatives that uh, the Rutherford County Library System and Lineball are involved in? Well, we are currently trying to find. Um, ways to branch out into the community so that we're more accessible to more of the public because uh, we have we have a bookmobile although right now we're in the process of having to buy a new one um, but we still take our vans and stuff out um, to service some of the more rural areas the nursing homes places like that um, but there's so many people out there that don't really still have access to a library because they either don't have transportation or it's too far you know whatever the reasons they can't get out and go that far um, so we're always looking for uh, ways to branch create more branches in the community um, to really grow smartly at the same time but but actually grow our system because as as you know Murfreesboro and Rutherford County are growing so fast that that we have to keep up with it and i guess the notion behind that is you going to them rather than them right. having to come to right. one location and we have a lot of online things now too so that you you can use our resources even if you never come through our doors and and so while we love seeing people we've had to especially me i've had to get past that idea of we want you in our buildings um, because so many people use uh, e-books and e-audios and digital magazines and things like that. And so you can actually go online and get an e-card that allows you to use those resources and you never have to come in the library. Fantastic. But we do want to see people. Right. So. Well, I want to thank both of you for uh, joining us and explaining all these initiatives and things going on and the research uh, room uh, that's now over at the uh, Rutherford County Archives. John Lodel archivist with the Rutherford County Archives and uh, Rita Shacklett with the uh, Rutherford County Library System. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. You bet. For more information on the Rutherford County Library System, visit www.rclstn.org or call 615-962-7424. For more information on the Rutherford County Archives, visit www.rutherfordcountytn.gov slash archives or call 615 867-4609. We've been highlighting these two services in our community on The Insider. The podcast originates from City Hall here in Murfreesboro. Thanks for listening via Podbeam, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music Audible. You can also watch this Insider on YouTube. Our producer is Michael Nevels. For more information on the fast-growing city of Murfreesboro, visit www.murfreesboro.tn.gov. Insider is the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>